BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. If there's a quarterback in this draft that you think is that guy, would you move heaven and earth to get him? Would you go up to number one? Yes, I'd do whatever it takes. If we, if we thought there's a player that, that we're driven to get that makes the franchise and the team better, that's what we would do. That 14 seconds is music to the ears of Bears fans everywhere. That is Colts GM Chris Ballard playing the role of Don Corleone, hinting at making an offer that Ryan Poles can't refuse. We have an all-star panel to discuss the most pivotal offseason for the Bears, maybe ever, as we get started here on Football Night in Chicago. On that panel, our insider Josh Schrock, Courtney Cronin of ESPN, and Mark Grody, the Bears Radio Network sideline reporter and 670 The Score. So, I want to start with Josh. You're right next to me. Makes the most sense. When you hear former Bears front office member and now Colts GM Chris Ballard say he wants a quarterback, what does that tell you about how many teams could want this Bears pick? Yeah, I think there's going to be a five, six, seven teams. But I think from Ryan Pohl's perspective, there's only going to be a few that he's going to be willing to deal with to move down that far. I think the Colts are in a perfect position at number four. You still move down. You can still get Jalen Carter or Will Anderson and help rebuild that defense. So there'll be a lot of teams making phone calls. But I think from the Bears' perspective, there's only a handful he'll want to deal with. Yeah, I think if Ryan Poles doesn't have an open-for-business sign outside of his door right now, he will soon because the leverage that the Chicago Bears have in order to make, you know, make a selection here, whether they stay at one, whether they decide they want to move back, there is so many options that they can sort through here. And you never want the number one draft pick. I mean, that's usually a sign of being a bad team. And the Bears finish with the worst record in the NFL. But this is a bright spot for this franchise because they can do so many different things with the spot, whether it's, you know, if they want to take a quarterback, they have that opportunity to do so. And we know that Ryan Poles today said that, like, it would be something that he would have to consider, like he would have to give some thought to, but it wouldn't be something that he would do unless that position, that player blows him away. But you can either do that. You could take whoever you want at number one. You have the entire draft board available to you. So I think this is a situation that the Bears find themselves in where they have the most leverage of anybody in the draft right now. I love thinking about Ryan Poles, and he, he does his press conference today, says what he has to say, answers all of our questions, and now he goes into his office, takes his tie off, reclines the chair a little bit, and just gets to take it all. Oh, Chris Ballard said that, eh? Oh, so-and-so is calling me now. Oh, great. Wouldn't we all love to be Ryan Poles right now? And I did enjoy the fact that today Ryan Poles said he had a friend said, yo, you got the number one pick. That's great. And he, he said he, was, he wasn't ready for it. And it's upsetting that he, and, and he wasn't really paying attention to what Lovey's Texans were doing. But I bet he got over that really quickly. Really, and he said what he had to say today. 
but he is in the catbird seat right now and he could just be like this is the like this week in particular I think is the best for him because there nothing's happening yet but he could really just sit back and listen read watch listen Every anything he wants to do. Let the game come to him. Let the game come I, to him. I did laugh when I heard that, guys, when he said he wasn't paying attention to the Texans game. Everyone in Chicago was paying attention to the Texans game. Most of the crowd at Soldier Field when we saw the eruption of video when they won. I just don't know if I believed him. What do you think, Courtney? I mean, I'm sure he was aware of what was going on in that moment. Josh and I saw him, though, in the locker room. He, you know, put on his coat and kind of walked out pretty quickly as we were going to talk to players afterwards. And I think, you know, you don't want to gloat that you have the number one overall pick because that is usually, most times, unless you trade somehow to get that number one pick, that's a sign of a team that really struggled in, in this first year. And he said that, you know, today was something along the lines of it feels like your football soul gets ripped out when you have a season like this, a franchise worst. 10 game losing streak to end the year three and 14 there were some good moments though I think that he can hang his hat on and to know that you end the year on a positive note where the offseason you're in the driver's seat you have 108 million dollars plus in salary cap space to utilize in free agency you have the number one overall draft pick there's no other team that's best positioned right now to make a jump in 2023 from I don't want to say it's going to be worst to first because I don't think that you can really throw that out there and expect that that's going to be, you know, the expectation for the Bears in 2023. But from worst to getting a lot better and looking a lot better next year, I mean, he's in he's in a prime position to do that as a general manager. Josh. And I was gonna I was gonna say oh, yes, and, and because of of what this season was all about, there's no way that he, that Ryan Poles could have been like shocked that they got the number one pick. He had to think in his head at the beginning of this season, there's a possibility that we will have the number one pick in the draft because he signed a bunch of first and second year players. We obviously know about that. Getting rid of the most influential and best players on the team, starting with Khalil Mack or not and Robert Quinn. Um, you could even talk about not bringing Akeem Hicks back and then Roquan Smith, which I don't think sat well with, you know, we're finding out now that that kind of stuff did not sit well with this locker room. I mean, tough luck, too bad, yeah. but it, it, we found out on locker cleanout day from several players that that did not sit well. Well, and that's, and that's good to find out. Yeah, Courtney. No, I mean, I think Grody puts it in a great, in a great light. They weren't set up to be a winning team this year. So, of course, number one pick was, you know, in the works. <laughs> like, they were always in the running for it, but they didn't really truly get in contention for that until the Texans beat the Titans in week 16. And then I think our ESPN FBI had the bears going into week 18 with a 48% chance to get it. So they're still on the outside looking in and had it not been for that wild uh, touchdown on fourth and 20 and then a two point conversion, the bears are, it's probably not as exciting right now to be around this city with this fan base as, as amped as they are for this off season. I think we all are loving a big thank you. Now the big quote that we know, is just one word from Ryan Poles after this press conference when he just said, yeah, when he was asked if Justin Fields was going to be the starter in 2023. But there's more. Let's take a listen. As you have the first pick, there are people that sit there go, a quarterback might be available there. You're saying Justin's your guy. Well, we're going to do the same as we've always done. We're going to evaluate the draft class. And I would say this, I'd have to be absolutely blown away to make that type of decision. 
define blown away Josh Schrock because we know there's three quarterbacks potentially he could take that would fit that criteria. Yeah, I think Courtney and I actually just got done talking about this. I think blown away refers to not only the quarterbacks in the class, but the offers that could get made for Justin Fields, right? If Ryan Poles gets a phone call that says, hey, we'll give you a couple first for Justin Fields and he really likes Bryce Young, you package all that together, that's a blown away offer. That's a franchise shifting thing you can sell, right? Now, do I think he's going to do it? Absolutely not. I think Justin Fields has shown enough growth, enough leadership, enough playmaking ability under unideal circumstances with no line and a lack of weapons to show he's got enough to be a franchise guy. And I think Ryan Poles will give him that opportunity next year with a better supporting cast. But sure, if a team calls and says, hey, we really like Justin, if you're interested in Bryce Young, we'll give you a couple ones for Justin. You got to take it under consideration. Brody, shock, shock. He, he would he would have been crazy not to have left that little bit open for, mm-hmm. you know, dare we say, can I even say the words replacing Justin Fields? Am I going to get struck down by somebody They're here? at the gates. Uh, you, <laughs> might fall, you might fall in the river on your way out. It yeah, might be uh, me. Somebody, yeah, yeah, it could be like, oh, to play a little tune on her violin, you know? Um, <laughs> it very well could happen, but he had to. I mean, and he went on to say during the press conference, I mean, he, he said what we have said and what we have all seen, and he didn't insult anybody's sensibilities. He said he's got things to work on, that he saw a guy who is capable of being a playmaker, but he saw the fact that he's got work to do. And, pre- you know, he talked about presence of mind and slowing things down. It's clear, because I think he said that a couple times during the press conference today. He he does not think that Justin Fields is there yet as a passer. He obviously has faith that he can get there, but he's very realistic about it, so he has to keep the door open for any possibility. And, Courtney, quickly before we move Yeah, on. I think that the point about Justin as a passer, like, that's what Ryan Poles was trying to get at, that we saw some really good moments with him where once he started, once those design runs for the quarterback came in, that's when the explosiveness of this offense, when they were scoring 30-plus points a game from week 7 through 10, that's when we saw that. But you have such a limited menu of pass plays to go through here to be able to say Justin Fields is a polished product. We know that he's a guy. He's a got. He's very accurate. He's got a great deep ball. But even Ryan Poles was like cherry picking. Well, there was the shot play to Dante Pettis week one. Oh, there was a play to Mooney in the Washington game week seven. When you're picking and choosing like a couple moments and not having like a whole you know, menu of pass plays to look through, you can give Justin Fields a giant eye for incomplete as a great and, and be okay with that because you know next year you can build on that and you can follow a bl- blueprint this offseason that a lot of other teams have done. Miami just did it with Tua going into his third season of putting pieces around Fields. So next year you get that true evaluation on him. Well, and let's address one of those pieces around Fields right now because it is very up in the air, and he was a massive contributor to this offense, especially the last two years, and that is David Montgomery. He had a moment with Justin Fields yesterday at Locker Cleanout. It didn't exactly look like a goodbye for a little bit of time. Let's take a look. Time off. I'm gonna take. Man. I'm gonna take. All right, brother. Love. Yeah, you can have that. I love you, buddy. <laughs> Josh and Mark had a front row seat to that, so uh, I will ask you to feel some residual energy. Do you think David Montgomery comes back? I think Dave Montgomery wants to be back, and I think the Bears. Ryan Poole said today that he loves Dave Montgomery. He's a Dave Montgomery fan. He learned through Roquan Smith negotiations, right? You can't. You can't give in, right? You have to find a common place, with, even if you like the player. But I think given the leadership Dave Montgomery has in this locker room, the, the hold he has, the guys love him, you can't keep taking guys out of this locker room, right? We heard about Roquan Smith, yeah. Robert Quinn, the impact that their absence had. You can't 
not pay guys who have been everything that you preach. He, I mean, he said today that he is a big David Montgomery fan and that this is somebody who did everything the right way in a really tough year. And that is asking a lot of players when the team has three wins and you're on a 10 game winning streak. It's hard to see the light at the end of the tunnel, but he was a constant force for this team. He gives them something that Khalil Herbert doesn't give them at running back. And I think that the Bears really like the way this running back room is structured to where they do want to keep David Montgomery in the fold if the price is right. And this actually works out for the Bears when you take a look at the free agent running back group where you've got Miles Sanders, Josh Jacobs, and all that he did for the Raiders this year in a contract year, Saquon Barkley. That's probably going to drive the price on David Montgomery because he is a little bit further down the list just in terms of production among the, the UFA running backs that you could afford him maybe on a deal that doesn't obviously won't reset the market, but one that is a fair deal to the player and one that the, t the team's comfortable with keeping him in the fold. Yeah, it just might not be the Ryan Pace, Jimmy Graham type of deal. I think they, they just got done paying. Yeah, I, I was going to add one more thing, too. The, the sobering part to all of this was is that Ryan Poles made it clear, hey, I, I have had this happen to me before where I really liked the guy. I really thought the guy was going to be part of the franchise for a long time, and then he wasn't. So he was very realistic about it. I think, Courtney, great point that, that, that I hate to say it, that Montgomery's not going to get paid like those guys. So they might have Montgomery where they, where they want him, you know, and uh, that's not comfortable for the player. That's not comfortable for the GM, but it is a fact. And they've got two – like. I don't know what they think of Treston Ebner as a, as a running back. They seem to be high on him at the beginning of the season. Then there was sort of a decrescendo. And then Darrington Evans got some time. So you have one locked-in running back in Khalil Herbert for next year, and that's it. And speaking of position players, let's now focus to the receiver core. And that is something that is going to be, I think, a huge focus in this offseason. Chase Claypool, as we know, drafted 49th in 2020. The Bears traded what will be a virtual first-round pick for him because of Miami losing theirs. So let's take a look at his numbers since he got here versus what he had in the Berg, a.k.a. Pittsburgh. Bears were 0-9 after Claypool got here. Steelers went 7-2. and The targets sticks out to me, just 29 targets. We heard Justin Fields talk about that a little bit earlier. It's not just the yards. And then seven first downs out of that number is pretty impressive. But I don't think this is the level of production we're expecting to see out of somebody they invested in. Yeah, no, I think that's right. I think... Ryan Poole's made a very big point today of talking about, hey, you can't expect Chase Claypool to do really that much coming in midseason, but the evaluation is going to start next year after an entire offseason working with Justin Fields, learning the playbook, getting to know everything. I think, honestly, Ryan Poole's, if he had that to do over, he might take that trade back. I don't think he hmm. made that trade expecting the Bears to get the number one pick and have that pick be number 32. I think he probably expected it to be somewhere in the 40, 40 range because when he made it, they were three and five. And I thought the point that Poles made about the lack, of, you know, the discrepancy between having the number one rushing offense and the worst passing attack in the NFL, he said some of that had to do with the chemistry element. And you've got to think about what the Bears did from last offseason going into the 2022 season. Like they got rid of everybody except Cole Komet and Darnell Mooney, the only two that Justin Fields had worked with last year in his rookie season. And lo and behold, those are the two that were the most successful among all of the pass catchers. Now, Ryan Poles mentioned that we can't go back and have revisionist history here. Like, remember, Darnell Mooney and Cole Komet were an afterthought for the first half of the season up until really that week seven period when the offense started clicking. But there is something to be said about building in the offseason, and I know it's something that Justin Fields has talked to us about 
wanting to do with Chase Claypool and getting those two on the same page. Those off-season throwing sessions, as benign as they may seem, just two guys, you know, throwing routes on air to each other, like, that's important. And that's how you build upon this to know the tendencies, to know the timing, because it's a timing and in rhythm offense is based on footwork. And that's that's something that the Bears did immediately when when they got a hold of Justin Fields, this new staff last year. So I think the offseason can pay real dividends for someone like Chase Claypool, but I also think that, you know, they're going to have a good evaluation period on him because he's up for a contract extension. He's going to be eligible for one. I don't think he's going to get one. doesn't sound like he's going to get one until he actually produces, according to what Ryan Pohl said today. But he does have that vote of confidence from the general manager who just brought him in two months ago. That's right. And then quickly, Mark. Yeah, just really quickly. I, I had a conversation with him about that. You know, specifically, Chase Claypool, I said, do you feel like you need an offseason? He said, I know this sounds weird, but I can't wait for OTAs. No player has ever said that in the history <laughs> of the NFL. They hate the OTAs and the mini camps. I mean, most of the guys. He said, I cannot wait for that. So that to me, that was very telling. Yeah, that is that's a very good point. And then, Josh, you had something you wanted to add. Yeah, I just want to add from myself. Courtney, Mark, all of us, NBC Sports, congratulations on being 2022 Illinois Sportscaster of the Year. Layla. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Yo, yes, yes Rahimi. Yo, Rahimi. Yo, what's up with that award? Well, I'll tell you, uh, I thank everybody and also Jeff Joniak, who I want it with, the play-by-play voice of the Bears. So thank you, Josh. Thank you, Courtney. Thank you, Mark, for joining us. This was a lot of fun. I know we'll be doing this for a lot the next couple of months. It is still mind-boggling how the Bears got that number one pick. The Texans had to convert two fourth and longs and go for two all on the same drive. That is our stat of the day. It is brought to you by Ankin Law. The Texans had to convert two fourth and longs and go for two all on the same drive for it to happen. They're the only team in the NFL with two fourth down conversions of 10 plus yards and the only team to convert a fourth and 20. All of it to win the game and lose the upcoming pick in the NFL draft. Two coaches have been canned so far this week, Cliff Kingsbury and Lovey Smith. That means there are actually five openings, as you can see, and a lot of rumors. So let's go on the beat. It is presented by ChevyDriveChicago.com. The guy who's been on both ends of this, Coach Dave Wanstead. Coach, I'm reminded of the Bum Phillips quote. There are two types of coaches, the ones who are fired and the ones who are going to be fired. This is, as you know, something that happens in a career in the NFL. You know it well. Yeah, well, it's, you know, it's, it's a tough profession and every coach has his window where you got to hit it big. And unfortunately... When you see something that happens in one year at Houston, I don't see that being a window of opportunity for the coach to hit a bid. Uh, Arizona, I can get with. I mean, the, the, the whole debacle thing at Denver made no sense to me from the beginning. So I get that part of it. And Indy, uh, I thought they overreacted too quick. You know, I, I really did. So every, every situation that becomes open has a little different storyline to it. And, uh, you know, you, you got to find the right guy, I think, to get in there. And, you know, you got to decide do you want a, a guy with experience or do you want a, a young guy that you're betting on that has uh, a good track record of calling plays maybe, but has no head coaching experience. That's what all these teams are dealing with now. So if you're job searching, say you put your coaching hat back on and you had to go to one of these five places, whether it's Denver, Carolina, Arizona, Houston, or Indianapolis, where would you go and why? 
Well, I would go to Indy. And why? Because they have a high enough. I don't think there's a, a and somebody's got to get drafted number one. Okay. And they got to rank these quarterbacks number one. But in my mind, I don't know if there's, you know, I, I don't see a Trevor Lawrence in this drafted quarterback. I mean, yeah, you know, I mean, yeah, Bryce Young is good. CJ Stroud. I mean, Will Levis. I mean, you, all of them got great qualities, but I don't think there's a lockdown guy that you say, He's the guy. So I think Indianapolis is going to get a quarterback, and I really like their defense, okay, too. I like their general manager, Ballard. I think he knows how to get players. And the best player on their team a year ago, who we all watched at Wisconsin, Jonathan Taylor, you know, was a Pro Bowl player. He was hurt most of this year. So you're going to get him back healthy. So I look at Indianapolis, and I think with a quarterback, uh, that they could bounce back quicker than maybe these other teams. Now, Coach, you've talked about this before, the decision-making process that goes into having your one, regardless of what everybody else says. Russell Maryland is the example for you in Dallas. And then there's also the situation the Bears have at first overall. What do you think could happen? Well, you know, I listened to the press conference today with, with Ryan Poles, and he's, he's going to say the right things. He's going to let people believe that he's open for a trade and he's opened uh, to, uh, to, to trade Justin Fields. If I can get the right, I think he said the right pot of gold or whatever he said, but you know, at the end of the day, um, you know, the, I, I, someone's going to want that pick. It's not a great year. In my opinion to, it's always a, a good, a great year to have the first pick, but I think there are some different conversations about who the best quarterback is. And when you're in that position, someone's going to want that first pick. Someone's going to need a quarterback. And they'll get something. They may not get quite as much as what everybody thinks they'll get. But as far as trading Justin Fields, I'm on the I, – I would not do it. I think the guy's made progress. I think he fits the mold of a Chicago tough guy, understands what this city's about. He's a team leader in the locker room. And as they get better surrounding players, I think the guy's just going to get better. So you got that in one hand, and now you're going to take a chance on one of these other guys? I That would make me nervous. It would also make me nervous, Coach. I like the seal of approval. Dave Wanstead, thank you so much for joining us on Football Night in Chicago. Okay, Layla. See you later. Former Bear Roquan Smith is now the highest-paid linebacker. That's right, just linebacker in NFL history. The five-year, $100 million extension with Baltimore includes $60 million in total guarantees. Smith had 169 tackles, four and a half sacks, and three interceptions. Only Hall of Fame nominee Patrick Willis has put up those kind of numbers in a single season. But it's not just his individual numbers that earned him the record-setting deal. His impact on the Ravens' defense has been obvious. The Ravens gave up nine fewer points per game, nearly 80 fewer yards, and were stout in the red zone with Smith in the lineup. That was certainly a partnership that worked out well. We'll need him at his best against the defending Super Bowl champions this weekend, where they are seven-point underdogs. Our best bets this weekend, the two home underdogs. The Chargers and the Cowboys are both favored against the Jags and the Bucks. We thank you for watching this edition of Football Night in Chicago, powered by PointsBet. You can watch every episode on our NBC Sports Chicago YouTube page. Have a great night.
We'll see you next time. I'm Layla Rahimi. Thank you for watching this one.